words that I speak be the words that you give me, God. We thank you and we praise you. For it is in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen and thank God. Amen, amen, amen. There is a word from the Lord today. If you have your Bibles with you, please turn with me to the book of 2 Kings. Second Kings in the fifth chapter. It's a little teaching this morning. There's really only one book of Kings, but because of the volume of the book, it was divided. The book of Kings was written to show the life and the work of the kings of Israel as well as Judah. And perhaps what you did not know that most of the kings that ruled over Israel and Judah were wicked kings. And they did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. But God had a remnant. He had a remnant in men such as David such as Josiah and Hezekiah. But we find that squarely, right square in the middle of the two books of Kings, that the books take a diversion. And in the, in the, in the first chapter, it begins to, to turn. And the atten- attention goes away from the kings and goes towards the prophets. And I'm saying this because we need to understand that, that, that prophets are necessary. Preachers of the gospel are necessary. There is a work that the prophet is, to, is supposed to perform. There's a position that the king holds, but it does not supersede what the prophet has to say. Because the prophet is the one that hears from the Lord. You'll see all through our scriptures is that is there not a prophet that we might inquire of what the Lord is saying? So it's important, and I think that the writer here really uh, shows us the importance of what a prophet really is. So we find here in in chapter number five, beginning at verse number one, it says, Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master and honorable because of him. The Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by company and had brought away captives out of the land of Israel, a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. Skip down to verse 15. And it reads, And he returned to the man of God, he and all of his companies, and came and stood before him and said, Behold, now I know that there is a God, no God in the earth, but Israel's. Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. 
I'd like to pin for a thought because I'm not going to be able to get through all of this in one Sunday. But it is the work of the prophet. The work of the prophet. For a subtitle, God is able to deliver us from the sin of leprosy. As mentioned, there's a work that the prophet has been commissioned to do. God has charged the prophets. He's charged the men of God. He's charged the preachers and the, and the pastors that we are to preach, to teach, and to feed his sheep. Understand that this is what's known as narrative preaching. Narrative preaching is really just telling the story that is, is written in the word of God. It's telling the story from a point of view that you can really grasp and understand it. As a matter of fact, Jesus was a narrative teacher. He was a storyteller. The benefit of being a storyteller is that, that, that people can grasp it. They can hold on to it. And my philosophy is that there's no sense in, in, in preaching or teaching over the heads of the people. Because the position of the teacher is not to show how much he knows. But it is to help people that they might be able to receive what God has for them and that they might be able to live changed lives. Because it's only the word of God that will give you the power to be able to live the lives in which we've been called from. It's in us submitting ourselves to God's Holy Spirit. And listen, you'll hear a lot of that coming from me. Submitting ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit. I was reading, I was given actually a, a book to read by Reverend Davis, and it talks about the forgotten God. And it's a book on the Holy Spirit and how we seem to forget that he even exists. When we will not submit ourselves to him and his working in our lives, then we treat him like he's some third world God. But he is just as equal with God the Father and God the Son. And he is the one that gives us the power and the authority to live the lives in which we've been called to. But understand this about the Holy Spirit because he is a gentle spirit. As powerful as he is, he is a gentle spirit and he will not force his way upon you. It's up to you to receive him, to obey him, to move as he moves. This is what he comes to do. And me as the preacher, the pastor, it's my job to convey this message to you in the simplest form as I can. That you might be able to receive it. At the end of the day, when you leave out of here, I don't want you to say, say how well I preached or I taught. I want you to say how well God moved in my life how the word of God has changed my life. 
Because it's the word of God that's going to give you everything. Because he works in conjunction with the Holy Spirit. So here we see, we see this is, this is a narrative here. But understand that even within the narrative, even within the story, there is a story within this story. Understand that, that, that there is one application of the word of God. There's one interpretation of the word of God, should I say, but many applications. God says what he says in his word, and that's it. It's final. You cannot change that. But there are multiple applications that we can use that might be able to help us. And so in this, this, this text, we see that the prevailing problem here is a man that has leprosy. But we'll also see in here a spirit of evangelism that breaks out in this text. Let's deal with leprosy. Leprosy was a debilitating, dreadful, dying disease. It was a disease that really had about a year's incubation. Well, what do you mean? That you could go a year and not even know that you had this disease. And in that, it mirrors sin somewhat. Because all of us were born with spiritual leprosy. All of us were born with a debilitating disease that is killing us. And the moment that we recognize that we have this disease, we need to fall on our knees and seek the physician's help. But, but when we begin to look at, when we begin to look at our lives, our physical lives, especially those of, of us who are men, men don't seem to want to go to the doctor for anything. Our leg could be falling off. And we'll put a bandage on it and keep on moving. But we need to recognize when we have this illness, these diseases, did you not know that preventive care is the key to being healed? Did you not know that regular checkups and going to the doctors and getting our blood pressure checked, getting our hearts checked, will help us down the road? Well, it's the same way in the spiritual manner. That all of us need to do a spiritual checkup. We need to begin to examine ourselves. And sometimes this is hard to do. Because when we begin to examine ourselves, most times we don't like what we see. If we be perfectly honest with ourselves, we don't like what we see. And we cover it up or we mask it with, with I'm, I'll be all right. Like it's just going to go away. But understand this, that if you will not deal with your sin, you will not deal with the sin that you're in, God will deal with you. I know, I know, I know this ain't popular. 
But God will deal with us in our sin. Now, now I understand that, 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 that you were born into sin. That's not your fault. But when you learn right from wrong, when you learn what, 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 what to do and what not to do, and you continue to do what is wrong, then that is your fault. Because we are sinners by birth, but we're also sinners by choice. Most of us wide-eyed, openly sin against God. And we sin against one another. It's the spirit of leprosy. It's the spirit of sinfulness. It is God showing us our need for an antidote. Leprosy is an inward disease. And it begins just below the surface. It begins to manifest itself over time. It shows up in blotchy, shiny spots that become desensitized to pain. Most times that people that have this disease of leprosy really cannot feel pain. And most of them will harm themselves, not even knowing it, because they become dull to the pain. There are times, even in this worst case, that, that, that fingers and toes will fall off. It's an internal rottening that manifests itself on the inside, outside. Same way that sin does. Because sin starts in secret. No one really knows about your sin. At least you think. But if there's one person I know that knows about my sin, it's me and God. Yeah, 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 we, we try and sin in secret. And then we get careless with our sin. And once we become careless with our sin, we become reckless in our sin. And then to the point to which we will begin to justify our sin. And understand that you're living in a dangerous area when you begin to justify your sin. You remember Adam in the garden. Adam knew he had sinned. He knew where he was standing. And God asked the question, Adam, where art thou? He said, I hid myself. Adam, why are you hiding yourself? Because Adam knew he had sinned. Much in the same way we know that we are in sin. Let's look, take a look at the life of this leper. The first thing we must discover is that, that sin is an action of the heart. If your heart is wicked, if your heart is not right, it'll lead you to sin. Listen to what Matthew says. He said, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. It's a matter of the heart. The Bible said that the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? 
So what you need to understand that in your own strength, you cannot even recognize who God is. And that's what makes the grace of God so amazing is that God reveals himself to us that we might be able to know him. He reveals himself. He shows himself who he is. And not only does he just reveal himself, but he's also a redeemer of our souls. Nabin, this leper had it going on. On a professional level. He was a commander of the host of the armies of, it, of Syria. In other words, he had reached the pinnacle of his career. There was nowhere higher that Naaman could have went. Did you not know that, 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 that you can have that great job with a good salary, but still be a leopard? Amen. You can, you, you can be well-educated in some of the finest institutions the world knows and still be a leper. You can have all the social connections that you want and still be a leper. Here, here, here he said that, 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 that at the end of the day, all, all the good that Naaman had done, the scripture said, but he was a leper. And understand, when you see the word but, it usually wipes out everything that had been said previous to that. In other words, in all that David had, in all that he had acquired, in all the favor that he had, yes, even from God, he was still yet a leper. The reality of it is, is what it's saying to us is that, that, that you may be doing well in your life. If you have not received Christ, you are still a sinner. And if you have not come into a right relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, God is going to bring judgment in your life. Therefore, I don't need to judge you. My job is to warn you that judgment is coming. If you will not let God take care of this sin of leprosy in your life. Don't, don't, don't you know that it wants to destroy you? That, that's what sin really wants to do. It wants to kill you dead. For the wages of sin is death. And I'm here to warn you. Because that's what God has commissioned me and called me to do. If you keep continuing in your sin, God has no other recourse but to bring judgment upon you. This man was well connected. If he lived today, he would have 5,000 Facebook friends. Tens of thousands of followers on Instagram. Over a million views on TikTok and YouTube. This man had it all. He had it going for himself. But he was a leper. His fate had been sealed. There's no cure for this leprosy. And the only way 
that he could receive a cure is that it came by the hand of God. And understand, just like God has a plan for your spiritual leprosy, he had a plan for this man's. And it came from an unlikely source. Because it said that the, that the Syrian army had went into Israel and had raided them and had brought some of the people back captive. And they happened to bring this young maid back captive. This handmaid, this slave girl, had a word for Naaman. And he delivered it through his wife. She said, there is a prophet. There is a man of God that is in Samaria that can heal you and recover you. I would that you would go and see him. No, 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 I understand this. I understand this. I don't want you to sleep on this. This was evangelistic on her apart. Because Naaman is a Gentile. And Gentiles had no part with the God of Israel. But this is her time to really point her, him to a place where he could be made whole. And understand, that's our job. We see that here. There, 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 there are basically six approaches to evangelism. And one of them is invitation. Invitation means that, that, that perhaps you don't have the words to be able to, to lead them or to guide them to Christ. But you know how to point them in the direction where they can get it. And so it's your responsibility. It's my responsibility to say, come here, a man of God. That you might be healed of your spiritual leprosy. You may not be able to do it, but you know we're doing it here at Macedonia Baptist Church. You just go and bring them in. Compel them to come in. Because if we're going to grow, if we're going to mature, it's going to take all of us. It is not just the preacher's job. It is all of our job and responsibility to share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ. How dare we sit down on what God has given us, what we've been blessed by, and we won't bless nobody else with it. So, so, so there's going to be some things that we're going to set in place. Where you're going to have the opportunity to invite people to come out. And people want to come out for something different than what they're seeing out in the world. I, I see a lot of these pastors and these preachers that are, that are, that are making their, their, their sanctuaries look more like a, 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 a social club than a church. There's some things that we need to just stay connected with. There's some just some good old-fashioned preaching and singing and teaching that we need to stick hold to. Don't get me wrong, I don't have anything against the contemporary music, but there's just something about, oh, how I love Jesus. There's just something about, pass me not, oh, gentle Savior, hear my humble cry. There's something about, Jesus, keep me near the cross. That's when it gets down in your soul. 
Those are songs you don't even really need no music to sing to. You just pat your foot. Wave your hands. And watch the Spirit of God move. So there's some things we need to hold on to. We need to hold fast to. So this young lady tells him that, hey, there is a prophet in Samaria that can recover you. Now understand the word recover here means to, to, to gather together and then to take away. It means that, that, that he's able to take away the leprosy that has been given unto you. But it also means to restore a person to their former state. And understand that that's what God comes to you. He comes to wash away your sin. But not only does he wash away your sin, but he will restore you. Because God is a God of restoration as well. Most times we're just looking for a healing from the God. But I'm saying, God, heal me and restore me. Everything that the devil has tried to take from me, God, restore it. Because he's able. He's well able to do it. He's well able to do it. This was music to Naaman's ears. Of all of his accomplishments, yet he still, he still has this death sentence hanging over him. He said, my God, if I could just be made whole. But understand this, that, that, that sometimes, sometimes we don't always listen to the initial direction and instructions. Because Naaman goes to the king of Syria and shares this news with the king of Syria, as he should. But the king of Syria does something that a politician would do. He pushes it off to another politician. He said, I'll write a letter. And you take this letter to the king of Israel. And the letter read something like this. This is Naaman, my servant, who has leprosy. And I want you to cure him, to make him or to recover him. Now understand this, that the government can't cure nobody. You'll never get cured by social programming. There's no programming out there that will give you the words of life coming from the government. I don't care how righteous and how holy they think that they are. No, your blessing, your healing is going to come from the word of God. And God is just waiting. You keep struggling and battling and fighting. And God said that, bring it to me. I'll fix it for you. You've tried to mask it with money. You tried to mask it with, 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 with spoiling yourself. And you've even tricked yourself into thinking that you're living your best life. Well, I'm here to tell you, ain't none of us living our best lives. At least those that are going to heaven. Because my best life is on the other side of this world. Now, if you're really living your best life, then that means that you're going... This is as good as going to get for you. So if you're living your best life, boo, keep on living it. 
But I'm here to tell you that the wages of sin is death and that judgment is going to come. I'm here to warn you because that's what God told me to do. So here we see one politician to another, one program to another. The king of Israel becomes upset and he tears his clothes. He rents them in disgust because he realizes that he has not, he does not have the power nor the authority to heal anybody. This is what he said. He said, am I God that I can give life or take life? No, that's reserved for God. And we need to stop looking for other people to heal what only God can heal. You keep covering it up. And God says he wants to expose it. That he might be able to cleanse you from it. That he might be able to heal you from it. Your sin is no longer in secret. People see it. Because God gives us that ability to discern. But he also lets me see when people are hurting. There are some people who are in sin that don't want to be in it. If it was as simple as that, all of us would be out of sin. There are some people that need some help. There are some people that need some assistance. And that's where we come in because look at here. It was, it was Elisha the prophet that stepped up and said, wait a minute, send that man to me. Bring him to me. Let him come into the house of the Lord that he might receive that which he has stand in need of. And so that's exactly what Naaman does. He goes to Elisha. And he sends his servant up to the door of Elijah. To knock on the door. And lo and behold, a servant of Elijah. Elijah would not even come out himself. He sent his servant out. And he told the man, he said, this is what your master must do. He said, go to the river Jordan and dip seven times in the river Jordan and you shall be cleansed. He's given him the antidote for his issue. He gives him what he needs to be made whole, to be made clean. But much of the things, we do the same thing, is that he didn't really believe it. He would not receive it. And he would not receive it because it was so simple. It was a simple thing to do. He said, that, wait, wait, it's got to be more than just this. He said, I thought he would come out and do some spooky stuff. That he would come out and wave his hand over me. Touch the area in which I'm ailing at. Speak some magic words over me. And I would be healed. But listen here. It was a simple act of obedience that required his faith. Salvation and, and being made whole 
has always been about faith in God, trusting what God is going to do. How many of us stumble over the simplicity of the gospel message? How, how many of us say, it's got to be more than that? It's got to be more than just, just, just what you're telling me, that all I have to do is put my faith in what Christ did upon the cross? How he suffered, bled, and died on an old rugged cross? Was buried and rose on the third day? It's got to be more than that. I got to at least run up and down the aisles or something, do some backflips, some cartwheels, moonwalk up and down the aisles, something. It's got to be more than that. But no. And the reason why is because we couldn't handle more than that. Because the only alternative to the grace of God is the law of God. And none of us could keep that. So either you're going to accept the grace and the simplicity of the gospel or you're going to hold to the law. And I don't know about you. I'm going to choose the grace of God. Because there's power in it. Because along with the grace of God, along with God giving us what we don't deserve, that's what the law is. It's God giving us what we really don't deserve. You also get the Holy Spirit that comes in. And he'll give you the ability to be able to walk in accordance to his law. You just got to trust him. So we'll pick up next week. If you want to know, if you want to know how this ends, read your Bible this week, but come back next week. Because that is the antidote, the simplicity of the gospel. And God is able, well able to heal because he paid the price for it. He came down through 42 generations. You know the story. Lived amongst us and showed us how to live as being Christians. They took him to a cross and crucified him, not for what he did, but for what we had done and what we are still doing. He died for our sins. They nailed him on the cross, nailed him in his hands, nailed him in his feet, put a crown of thorns upon his head. He died, I tell you. As mama used to say, he was graveyard dead. They buried him in a tomb. But thanks be to God, he rose on the third day with all power in his hands. We thank God for all that he's done. We thank him that he cured us of our spiritual leprosy. God is good. And he's worthy to be praised. But not only that, he's sitting at the right hand side of the Father. Making intercessions for us. He's praying for us. He's letting us know that he's got us no matter what we're going through. God is praying. Jesus is praying for us. He's coming back again to rapture his church. I'm looking for that day to where he comes back and raptures me up, takes me out of this earth, that we might be able to forever glorify him in eternity to just worship him. The door to the church are open. Please stand to your feet. That's the gospel message. 
Is there one that would like to make that commitment? That would like to come and join on? Be a part of this local fellowship? There's some great things that God desires to do in this place. And all it takes is one step of faith. So all it takes is one step of faith. Just come on. Give your life to the Lord. He's able, he's well able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we can ask or think. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.